Welcome to Making Small Business Work. I'm your host, Alex Martindale, and this episode features Kel Priest, Salon Director of Lila Clare. Kel offers a very raw account of the challenges and lessons she has learned. Kel explains how Lila Clare is different and how she uses her business as a platform for things that she's passionate about. Kel shares how she can't do everything in her business and talks of her struggle to find work-life balance. So let's start with uh, you before Lila Clare. So before Lila Clare, I was working for Lila Clare. So Lila being the owner at the time, mm-hmm. I was the salon manager. I worked alongside Lila for I think roughly about four years. And previous to that, I was living in Western Australia, partner and I at the time. Decided to travel Australia. We bought a camper trailer, bought a full drive, packed everything up. I had my hairdressing kit in the back of the car and had a little sign made up that said hairdresser here today. And we would travel around and I have always been very passionate about hairdressing and I miss it when I'm not doing it. So we would pull up and if I was bored, I'd just put my little sign up and I'll do some haircuts. One thing I did find was it wasn't overly satisfying. It didn't necessarily satisfy my creative urges because a lot of people just want a very simple haircut when they're traveling. But I'd find a few cool ones every now and then. But yeah, beautiful scenery. Set up your salon wherever your caravan park is. There are politics involved though, and you do need to ask the caravan park owners before you cut people's hair because they are loyal to their salons in the town. So I learned that. <laughs> yeah. And then eventually we just got sick of traveling and wanted to put some roots down. And the beautiful thing about hairdressing is you can get work anywhere. <laughs> so we got work in Port Hedland, Western Australia, and it was brilliant. And I moved back to Brisbane and yeah, started working for Lila. So you just drove and cut hair. Yes, cool. And so why buy Lila Clare? Why not start Kel Priest? Around the time that I purchased the salon, I was actually craving that lifestyle that I had in Western Australia. So I'd moved back to the city and living in the city, living close to the salon, walking to work, you know, great. But I always felt like something was missing. I missed the sense of community and I missed the simple lifestyle of Port Hedland and I missed the heat. So I was dreaming up this idea that I would move back to Port Hedland and buy a salon there. And I inquired about it. I'd got the books from the salon. I was right into it, you know, just ready for an adventure, ready for a drastic move. And out of the blue, Lila came to me and said, I'm gonna buy my salon. I said, nah, thanks anyway. And I hadn't shared with her my plan of WA, which is kind of ticking along in the background. I was just about ready to put an offer in on that salon and then Lila asked me. So I kind of went home, spoke to my parents, mulled on the idea. All of a sudden, over the next week, I'd be coming to work and I'd be in the space, I'd be doing a haircut and I'd be looking around and I'd think, why wouldn't you? You know, I've been here for so long, I know all the clients, I understand what Lila Claire's all about. I see where I could expand it. I don't know that, I think literally it was about a week it turned into I want this. And I think we settled three weeks later. It was done. <laughs> so cool. Yeah. And there was never a thought of starting your own thing because even in Port Hedland you were going to buy yeah. an existing salon. Yeah, I guess the biggest thing for me, I guess, when you buy a salon, the way salons work is it is goodwill, but you are buying a database. Mm-hmm. And that database is I believe quite important. I guess I just never really considered when when you look at that you've got to fit out 
you know, you've got to fit out the space and, and then you've got to find the client. Making small business work. And what's been the biggest challenge? I would have to say is staff. That's been the big, biggest challenge. What, staff turnover, staff recruitment, staff management? Management. Mm-hmm. So, yep, yeah, I've learned a lot. I, I wasn't a good leader in the beginning. I was too, I guess, soft and I, I got walked all over and I literally got trodden on. <laughs> so that was a difficult lesson to learn. The whole, you know, me as a person, want to be friends with everyone, want everyone to get along, but when you let someone get on top of you who's your staff member, it's really hard to get back out from under them. Mm-hmm. So that, yeah, that was a big lesson. Yeah. And it's still, it's still a struggle, but it's really helped me form boundaries as a salon owner. Mm-hmm. So what do you reckon the biggest lesson learned, aside from management, from a holistic business perspective? Biggest lesson learned? I think I'm still learning. I think I'm still struggling with the balance so I think I'm probably yet to learn my lesson you know but I'm craving that how do you find the balance how do you hold space for a successful business while still having a life of your own recently I took three weeks off to get married and it was amazing and it is a quieter time of year but just the business just like total dive I guess what I'm most curious about at the moment is how you have a business, a successful business, or a business that's paying all the bills, and the lifestyle that you crave. Mm. So at the moment, I'm the main money earner, and I work an extra day than the staff. It would be really nice to maybe drop a day, you know? Mm. I'm striving to, to learn that, how I strike the balance, how I make it all work. Mm. And how do you think you're gonna do that? So you're employing the right sort of people, yeah, I definitely, I've got good staff and that's something I'm really fortunate about. And that also is something that I've learned that, you know, the, the voices in your head can, oh, maybe they're not the right ones. Maybe you're doing it wrong. Maybe they're doing it wrong. It's like, it doesn't matter. They're here. They are the ones that are here. They're here for a reason. So they're here for me to learn from them and for them to learn from me. While they're here, they deserve to be here. That helped me a lot to just let go of those thoughts, mm-hmm. you know, of, all the negative the doubts, thoughts, the yeah. doubts, yeah, the fear. You can develop anyone. Like they can come in as a great hairdresser and you can teach them how to be a great business manager or how to run social media or something like that. Or you can bring someone in that's a great business manager and help them with their hair cutting if it's not up to Yeah. And I guess that's the thing too. You get, oh, I'm never going to find the right person. I'm never going to, No, you, you know. won't. You need to develop them to be the right person. Yeah. That's a good point. Yeah. yeah. You'll, you'll never find the perfect person for your salon because... You need to teach them the, you know, yeah. the treehouse works. Yeah, that's a good point. One of the other things I face is if I'm the main money earner and I'm on the floor, so on the floor means doing clients, I feel like I need to be on the floor, but it's not only need to, that's, that's me. I'm on the floor. That's what I'm good at. That's what I love. That's where my passion is, the business side of things. It is overwhelming. It yeah. is consuming. So I do get a lot of help because I couldn't do it all. And I don't want to. There's a, so much about even my business that I don't understand. But at the end of the day, I, I can beat myself up about it. I can waste energy worrying about it. Or I can find the right people to do that for me and I can do what I do best. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. Who is helping you? So we have a really good accountant. My husband 
does all the behind the scenes. The biggest challenge is that he has a full-time job and he's studying part-time. So, you know. So he's, he's got plenty of free time. Yeah, exactly. I am not afraid to ask for help. I'll ask anyone for help, advice. My parents support me a lot. I, I have a staff member that does the social media and that works out perfectly because I have two new staff members. They're building their clientele. So their days are not fully booked. It's a great use of time for this one um, particular stylist and she's really good at it and she's doing really well. That's one thing I've found. Things always evolve as and when they're meant to. Uh, for me, I am so fortunate because the right people always turn up. You know, it might not feel like it. It takes takes me to sit back and reflect to go, man, I'm lucky and I am supported, you know, because things seem to happen at the right time. Like I said, the fear-based thoughts would, would tell a different story, but that's just a story. <laughs> yeah, that's right. I think it's, you're open to the help coming in as well, so you recognise that it is there. If you were a bit more closed up, the help may not come yeah. when you need it. That's true. Yeah, and there's there's many things business-wise I'd, I'd like to be doing and get it and get a grip on. I recently got a really big whiteboard that we put out the back and just communication with the staff. Mm-hmm. So we're writing what we want to do, what we need to do, what's our priority. And that's been really, really helpful. So again, I guess this is the challenge. I really should do some business mentoring or business development, but I don't want to step off the floor. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to do another day's work. So we're closed Sunday, Monday. That's my downtime, you know. It's really common It's just small business owners, but they're really good at their technical skills or their trade. They're great at fixing pipes, they're great at baking brownies, but no one's really taught them or they kind of didn't realise how much business stuff needed to be done. So don't feel that you're on your own there. It's normal. Yeah, which is nice. It's nice to hear. And it makes sense, you know. I haven't gone to uni to study. No, and that's why it's important to reach out and have support around you. I would say that's the most common thing I hear from people. Mm. They don't know how to go from being hairdresser to managing several salons, if that's what you want to get to. That's, mm. I think that's the first step, is thinking, what is your end goal? What does Lila Claire look like in five years? Yeah. You know? Well, to be honest, I, at the moment, I would like to sell Lila Claire, so build it up to sell it, that's where I'm at. I guess at the core of it is I want to move to the country, mm-hmm. or I, I want to move, I definitely want to move out of the city. With my current mind state of, well, the salon doesn't do well without me, how do I build it up so it can run without me, and then I could go and start one in the country, or I just sell it, and then I start again when I move. That's where I'm at at the moment, and you know, things change. I guess we're in a quiet time, so, my thoughts are, are much more boring. Making small business work. What's your biggest achievement today? Biggest achievement? To be honest, it's the space that I've created. It's quite simple with me. I love what I do. I love people. So I'm proud of the fact that I have a space that people can come to and fully relax, fully be themselves, be seen, be heard, allow themselves to feel. And that's an honour. You know, that's an honour to hold space for, for people in that way. So say that's my achievement. Mm-hmm. And would you say that forms your business philosophy? Absolutely. So at Lila Claire, we take a holistic approach to hairdressing. So it's never just about the haircut. Now, that doesn't mean that we get down and deep with every client, but we acknowledge that 
when someone comes into your space, they've got a whole whole life, whole world going on outside of this space. Work, family, you know, everything. So when you're when you're having a consultation with someone about their hair, we need to be aware there's a lot of other things going on and people's minds are busy, the world we live in at the moment is busy, it's fast. So when someone steps into Lila Claire, we give them the opportunity to just take a moment. So take a little time out. Then after that, we finally have a really clear consultation and it makes the way for a really great experience. I guess the point here is to slow it down. And for us as well, as working, it's super beneficial because we're resetting ourselves as we go as well. We might be jumping from client, you know, one after the other. So to center ourselves is important. And that was important to me to create that for my staff. You know, that's the way I want to work. And it's about attracting people that want to work in the same way. It's not for everyone, but it's something special. And is that why you went with a treehouse theme? What was yeah. the thinking behind that? Yeah, so I guess because we were up, so we're up off the ground, nature is supportive. So the, the best way to recharge yourself is to get in nature. So I guess it was my way of creating a space that feels like a bit of a sanctuary. Sal has been nicknamed the treehouse. So when you think of the treehouse too, it's playful. We're connecting with our inner child when we talk about the treehouse. So yeah. That's cool. So how would you say that you set yourself apart from your competitors? We are different in that, as I touched on before, we we take the whole person and their thoughts, feelings and emotion into account when we do a service. We offer a ritual at the beginning of every service and find out $100 for the amount of times people said, oh, I've never seen anything like this before. Taking on our holistic approach, we offer a crystal to our clients. So we give them a choice of crystal, which we just place in front of them. Depending on your thoughts and beliefs behind crystals, at the end of the day, at the very least, it's something pretty and they'll choose a color that they like. I believe more in the energy and healing power of crystals that's where I'm coming from with that great for us to protect ourselves from other people's energies because it's very easy when you're in our position to take on other people's energy and it can bring you down yeah we offer the ritual which is a really beautiful way to welcome and I make raw treats just as a little extra to give back to clients I'd say we're just a nice soft nurturing space and that sets us apart so other salons you know you go in the music's pumping and that's their thing. Yeah, they want a little party vibe. Yeah. yeah, whereas we're more chilled. I guess the way I look at it is I personally need permission to relax. That's just the type of person I am. So I feel if I can give that to others, that's my gift to people. So if I can say, hey, you have permission to chill out, you have permission to relax. I, I believe that's quite powerful because not very often we get told that. Yeah, that's cool. You know, and we hang on so tight ourselves. So being told, it's okay, let go making small business work. Do you think that you're fully harnessing the power that can come from social media? Hmm, good question. I... Because you talk about creating a community. Mm. So that's a fantastic way to build a base for a community. I guess my lack of knowledge and I really personally fight with social media. So I, I don't enjoy it. At a personal level, I, I don't enjoy posting regularly. I don't enjoy the feeling of you have to, to keep up. I don't, I don't like that world where I feel like I'm always on my phone or on my iPad. It's a real struggle. 
like it's a personal struggle for me, but it is so valuable. So I see that side of it. So I outsourced my social media to a staff member who's passionate about it. Previous to that, I outsourced it to my sister who was passionate about it. So oh, I've been hard on myself. You need to do this. You need to like it. You need to get on board. You need to learn about it. And then I'm like, no, I don't. <laughs> As with anything, knowledge is power. So Em's recently tapped into, so Em's the staff member who's doing it, the insights, and that's been a really big help. So instead of just going blind, really tapping into the insights and things like that, which has been motivating for her, really motivating. She's also noticed recently, she's like, Kel, anything that has you in it or more of the team, gets a lot more energy. We love to mix it up. We don't just want to do hair, 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 because we're not just about hair. I would say our page really reflects well what we're all about, and I guess that's what's important. I don't know much about it. It's a whole world that I'm unfamiliar with, and but even just in the small changes we've made, it has made a difference. So yes, I think that there's definitely potential, untapped potential there. Mm, absolutely, like some of the people I talk with, their community is almost solely based around what they've done with social media. You know, they've got like thousands of people following them on social media and, and they're a market stall. So they post where their market's gonna be and people go. Yeah, you know, like cool. that shows how strong social media can be. And certainly I think, you know, you talk about developing a community where mm. if you really tapped into social media, I think you would feel the power that comes from the community or building a tribe of Tribe of followers. Yeah. Mm. I find too, and I mean, maybe I'm just being negative, but just, and I say to him, don't get hung up on the likes. It doesn't matter. No, it doesn't. Don't get hung up on the followers. It doesn't matter. It's energy. At the end of the day, mm. as long as we're putting energy out, people will feel into it. Yeah, likes are not a good representation of how your posts are going. No, we get no, not many likes at all most yeah. of the time. But th I guess that's where my fear comes from with social media is that so many people caught up and you tie yourself worth up with it. And I've had it before. I feel battered on social media. So I personally don't. Through bad reviews? Post. No. Oh. No, just I think comparison. There are 500 million thousand salons and this whole uprising of salons supporting each other is awesome. Like we, every day we get a new salon follow-up. Which is lovely and inspiring but they're not it's not what we're after we want genuine clients as followers so because the danger is through self-awareness you know you're constantly comparing yourself to other salons and, and it's me knowing that we are unique and sticking with that don't worry about what they're doing but literally there's one on every corner they are everywhere so sometimes when i get on social media i just go what's the point what's the point in why am i even trying what's the point in doing it they're everywhere but there's nowhere like flower square that's <laughs> right and that's all you need to do is show that and, and I, I think you are focusing on trying to show how you're different you're not just all around there there's a lot more to life play than that hmm. definitely a lot to learn and i think you're going about it the right way though if you're not into it and you see it as a flaw in your business then outsource it yeah. And what's even better is you're multitasking one of your staff members, so it's only one cost. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Perfect. I think it's good how all your posts have like a call to action. Yeah. So that would be the best way to monitor your success of your social media is how many people are coming to your meditation Mondays, how many people mm. are booking appointments, 
If you notice a big increase in that, it may be your social media. Yeah. Because they're cooking through, like they see your hairstyle, what they like, or they see the crystals, the ritual, whatever, and they click on a book appointment from there. Yeah. That's really the best indicator of your success. That's true. Making small business work. Tell me about your involvement with sustainable salons. Oh, so that's something we're really excited about. That is an incredible organisation that is just so put together. The way it's all interlinked and every detail is thought of is incredible. But for us as a salon, it just feels good knowing that we're doing something about our waste. So we're in a high-end area. All we have out the back is cardboard and paper recycling. That blows my mind. Not good enough as far as I'm concerned. Thankfully, I found Sustainable Salons. It's an organisation that recycles salon waste. So we have four bins out the back. So we separate all of our salon rubbish. We have metals, plastics, paper and hair. So the hair gets used to make hair booms, massive hair booms, which is like a giant hair sock and that's used to soak up oil spills so that's amazing the alfoils recycled so obviously we use a lot of foil and we use recycled foil they recycle our hot tools and so any electrical things that we have they recycle all the plastic our metal colored tubes in the lids oh and also we recycle our chemicals so any leftover color goes into a bucket then that's the water that's used in the trucks to build the roads the money that they make from selling the water for the roads goes to Oz Harvest, so they supply meals for people, yeah, yeah. which is really awesome. The plastic that's recycled is used to make the MBN casing for the cables. Oh, and also the hair that we recycle, if we have 20 centimetres, that goes in the hair bin but in a separate, separated, and that's used to make wigs for kids with alopecia and people with cancer from this wig. That's awesome. You know, when you get a dramatic haircut, it's exciting enough, but then it's like even more exciting because they know their hair is going to be used. They recycle and repurpose up to 95% of our salon waste. And it's a set and forget thing. We all know what goes in what bins. We have a big locked bin outside. We empty our, our little bins into the big bin and then it's emptied. It's not something I even have to think about once it's set up. How we pay for the service is we pass that on to our clients. So they pay a green fee, which is $2. On every bill, there's just an added $2 green fee. And you also have an affiliation with Black Dog Institute. Yeah, that's personal. So my mum, sister and I run to raise money for Black Dog Institute. And we do numerous fundraisers throughout the year. I really like bringing that into the space as well. So again, when you talk about a holistic salon and we're acknowledging that people have feelings. So Black Dog is really important with the amount of mental illness in our community. Creating a safe space is another space where someone might feel like they can open up and have a conversation about how they may be struggling and then we can point them in the right direction. We've been fundraising for Black Dog now, I think for over seven years. And it was something my mum started and I, I was always involved, but then found that having a business was an awesome platform to work from. That's you know, something I'm proud and, and glad I can use this platform for. I'd love to be known as a space where people feel safe and they feel like they can 
ask for advice. Mm. Why Blackfield Institute? Why Blackfield? So my uncle committed suicide, so my mum's youngest brother, and mum found Black Dog while she was grieving. So Black Dog is not an organisation you'd call if you're in crisis or anything like that. They work behind the scenes, so research. So research into the prevention, detection, and potential cure of mental illnesses. That's where all the information or the statistics are coming from. The more funds they have to study, the more information can be found. For mum, that's sort of where she turned to for information. Tell me about meditation one day's really excited to be bringing that back again i mean really at the end of the day i'm learning this more and more your business is you as a business owner so it's a, it's a reflection yeah. of you it's a personification of you yeah so i really want to meditate i feel like i want to do it but i just never get around to it i'm always you know finding an excuse not to if i feel like that how many other people feel like they'd like to meditate and Meditating in a group is so much more potent and powerful than meditating on your own. That really appeals to me as well. I feel more motivated to commit to it when there's a group of people and we're all supporting each other. And it, that ties into creating the community that I crave. And the Meditation Monday is also another fundraiser? Yeah, so Nicholas, who hosts it, he gets paid and then a cut goes to Black Dog. Mm, cool. I guess that feeds into the legacy you mm. are trying to leave. I, I was thinking about this and I thought it's an interesting question to answer, but the legacy, I want Lyle Hair to be an iconic Brisbane salon. You know, I really want it to be an iconic salon. Oh, like that. Oh yeah, I've heard of that. But not because we do, not because we do all the crazy editorial hair or because we're at every hair show, but because we are a holistic salon where wellness is a focus. If you would like to experience more than just a haircut and join the Treehouse Tribe, you can find Lila Claire on Facebook and Instagram or check out their website, www.lilaclaire.com.au. Thanks very much, Cal. Thank you. Making small business work.